What's up, Warriors fans? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation, Halloween edition. Sam Orlick here, your host. Warriors coming off of a thrilling win over the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, after having won their last three road games, so much to talk about here. Warriors really riding on cloud nine. Um, especially Warriors fans, when you think about the challenges last season and how long it took for them to, one, win a road game, and two, the fact that they didn't have a road winning streak of three games or more the entire last season. And here we are, three games in, Warriors have already won their first three. And not to say without a little bit of adversity, too, the win over the Pelicans last night, both Clay Thompson and Jonathan Com- Jonathan Kaminga were out dealing with knee soreness. Clay Thompson, obviously the biggest blow, I think, which was interesting because Clay was kind of ruled out last minute. Um, there was a soundbite from Clay Thompson coming into the back-to-back. Uh, the first front end of the back-to-back was against the Rockets. Uh, Clay said that, you know, he wants to play as many out of the 82 games as possible you know, maybe 70 plus. Obviously, he knew he wasn't going to play every single game, but wants to play as many as he could. Uh, I didn't notice any injuries or anything like that coming out of the Houston game. So I think this was more about um, giving Clay some rest and, and kind of finessing the new NBA policy around load management and resting players. But regardless, it was Moses Moody in the starting lineup replacing Clay Thompson. Draymond Green uh, was also back. Green returned against the Rockets, uh, shifting Chris Paul back to the bench. We'll talk about that more later. So we had a starting lineup of Steph Curry, Moses Moody, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. Um, Pelicans undefeated coming into this game. They were missing Brandon Ingram, also a late scratch, uh, but Zion Williamson uh, C.J. McCollum, obviously a challenge. Herb Jones, also very good defensively. And uh, this was a close game, two-point game at the half, but you wouldn't know that looking at the final score. Again, 130-102. to 102. Most of the fourth quarter, the game was out of reach, so we got um, some extended minutes from the likes of uh, Pods, Trace Jackson Davis. We even got some uh, Quinones in there. So... Um, A lot of really good things to take away from this game. You know, one one thing that was a little bit discouraging and has been, and we'll talk about this more, was Andrew Wiggins. He only played 20 minutes, partially due to the blowout, but also Wiggins has just been struggling thus far early on in the season. But I think really the biggest storyline thus far for the Warriors, who are now sitting at a record of 3-1, Arguably should be 4-0 when you consider the tough opening night loss to the Phoenix Suns is the bench and Chris Paul's willingness to come off the bench, the strength in numbers vibes from last season. You've got, you know, Moody who was moved into the starting lineup, but but Moody, Kaminga, GP2, Dario Sarge, Chris Paul have all just been incredible coming off the bench and working together just really blitzing teams. And, and it's been the Warriors' defense um, that, ha- that has really stood out. So um, let's go into some more, right? So, we, you know, 
Again, we've got three games to break down here, so we're not going to get into too much of the details of each of these games, but I do have some topics I want to hit on, some trending topics over the first four games of the season. So we talked about the Pelicans, 130-102. to 102. Warriors edged the Rockets, 106-95. to 95. And then Warriors against the Kings a couple of nights before, 122-114. to 114. So other than the Pelicans, these have all been relatively close games. And... Uh, None other than Steph Curry really leading the Warriors already in MVP form early going in the season. Looking at this uh, this four-game start, Curry, 27 points in 31 minutes against Phoenix, 8 of 20 shooting, four threes. Uh, against Sacramento, 41 points in 35 minutes, 14 of 19, seven threes. Curry and Fox just absolutely on fire in the fourth quarter, trading buckets back and forth. And then against the Rockets, 24 points in 31 minutes, 6 of 16 from the field, 6 threes. Curry only had 10 points coming into that fourth quarter where he scored 14 in the fourth to put the Rockets away. And then last night against the Pelicans, 42 points in 30 minutes, 15 of 22 from the field, 7 threes. So he's averaging 33.5 points, shooting 56 from the field, 47 from three, and 92 from the foul line. Uh, in other news, Warriors have exercised their team options for Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga for next year. Pretty much a no-brainer move given the the start that the Warriors have come out. And when you look at Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga in their play coming off the bench or uh, starting, as, as Moody did uh, last night, they are just both very much so engaged all over the floor, making the right plays, Um and also in, in different ways. I think Moody seems to be a little bit further along than Kaminga thus far, simply because Moody's role is simplified. Moody is catch and shoot from the three, attack the closeout when he can, and then just make the right hustle plays. Um, attack the offensive board, swing the ball if you don't have your shot. On defense, he's playing hard-nosed defense without making a lot of mistakes. Jonathan Kaminga's having a little bit more of a difficult time. Kaminga you know, certainly playing much better than he did last season. He is rebounding the ball. He is playing um, at the point of attack on defense with a lot of intensity. Offensively, it's been a little mixed. He's got some some very nice moves when he gets out in the open court in transition, without a doubt. But in the half court, he is struggling at times trying to trying to pick his spots. I think he's done a much better, a much better job at making faster, quicker decisions, right? Steve Kerr talks a lot about this 0.5 basketball where you need to make a decision within half a second after you catch the ball, dribble, pass, or shoot. And so I think he's doing a lot better job there, but where he's struggling is making the right decision or making the right read. A couple times he's decided to attack and gotten himself stuck into trouble, turn the ball over, um, he's had some sloppy passes, and then defensively, when he's not guarding the ball, uh, he tends to struggle a little bit. But still, lots of promise for Jonathan Kaminga, a lot of more games for him to continue to, to work on his craft. He, he is certainly showing the development and promise and, and the improvements um, from last season that the coaching staff has asked of him to work on. We talked about a little bit how the Warriors have been hanging their hat on defense. And, you know, we're only four games into the season, but so far the stats are, you know, validating just that. The Warriors are currently rated sixth in defensive rating, 
And so this is a big similarity to the last year the Warriors won the championship in 2022. Warriors were an elite defensive team throughout the season um, in the top five for pretty much the entire regular season in defensive rating. So Warriors already at six, and we've only had two games of Draymond Green. And Green's still getting his legs under him. Obviously, he was sidelined for most of training camp in the preseason. We all we all know how Draymond really thrives on being kind of conditioned and playing at his peak. And when he's not, he tends to struggle. He tends to make mistakes. Um, but to his credit, he was a highlight reel machine defending Zion last night, uh, really making things difficult for Zion. And that really just shows his benefit and value to this team, not like Warriors fans needed uh, any convincing there. So expecting the Warriors to continue to improve and cement themselves as a top five defensive team this season. If they continue to do so and the bench continues to play at the high level that they are and Steph Curry continues his scorching uh, shooting and, and just overall play, I think the sky's the limit for this Warriors team. Um, next next topic I wanted to hit on, Chris Paul coming off the bench. So like we said, or like I said um, earlier, Draymond Green returned against the Rockets. Draymond Green uh, was listed as a starter, bumping Chris Paul to the bench. But this was not an issue, and I know that this had been a topic that had really been harped on the entire offseason since the trade for Chris Paul was made. Is Chris Paul going to come off the bench? Is he going to start? Is he going to be okay with it? What's going to happen? Um, and, you know, everything was fine. So there was a there was a great article by Anthony Slater in The Athletic talking about um, how we kind of came to this decision, how it was made. And, and obviously this is, this is really where you see the benefit of Steve Kerr, the coaching staff, his philosophy, and how, when you've got these high IQ guys with the right character and mindset, everything kind of comes together. So basically the story goes, um, at the start of training camp, Steve Kerr called in the, uh, starting six, Steph Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney, and Chris Paul um, called them into his office, basically said, guys, uh, there's six of you. I can only start five of you. So we're going to have to figure this out. Um, some nights, one of you guys are going to sit. You know, some nights it's going to be someone else. Um, you guys aren't all going to be able to start the game and you're not all going to be able to close the game. And to Chris Paul's benefit, what he what he said when asked about this is, you know, he he's a baller. He wants to win at the highest level. And he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And so when, and also he's a big communicator. And so when you have the coach calling everyone together, explaining what the plan is, why, and and he can understand as a player and agree and acknowledge and accept, it makes the adjustments over the season seamless. So uh, Steve Kerr pulled Chris Paul aside um, before the Rockets game, basically saying, hey, you know, Draymond Green's back. He's going to start. You're going to come off the bench. And Chris Paul's response to that is, yeah, coach, let's go get it. Um, total non-issue. When asked after the game against the Rockets for Chris Paul, you know, did did you like it uh, coming off the bench? Chris Paul's response, did I like it? Who likes new things? It ain't a matter of liking it. It's new. I don't hate it. It ain't a matter of liking it. I like the fact we won. That's the most important thing. And there you go. That's all you want to hear. 
this guy wants to win. He's willing to do whatever it's going to take to win. Doesn't mean he has to like it. Doesn't mean he has to hate it. Um, but this is bigger than him. And so, you know, he's willing to put aside the fact that he started, you know, 1,365 games or whatever the number is and uh, NBA uh, league leading number of most consecutive games started. And um, that's fine. He doesn't have a championship ring and that's what he wants to do this season. And he's willing to help the Warriors uh, with whatever it's going to take. And uh, when you see the benefit of Chris Paul coming off the bench in the last three games, going back to... Um, going back to the last three road games. Um, so this is one game where Chris Paul started and two games where Chris Paul came off the bench. Chris Paul is a team high of plus 41 in the plus minus column uh, with Moses Moody right behind him at plus 40. That is absolutely insane. Steph Curry is plus 21. So when you look at the impact Chris Paul has on winning, uh, which has been documented you know, over the course of all the different teams he's played for. That's just absolutely insane. You've got your your future Hall of Famer, backup point guard, coming off the bench, leading the team in plus minus. Um, what a benefit to have. What a weapon for this team. And you really see it in effect on the floor. I mean, a lot of Warriors fans have, have just really, you know, Chris Paul has been our nemesis. It's just been so hard to root for him or cheer for him. And then you see him on the Warriors and you see him out there directing traffic, getting guys under control, getting into sets, and you just see him perfect his craft. And and it's really a work of art in a very different way than Steph Curry. Steph Curry is this controlled chaos, randomness, free-flowing, and then just absolute insanity shot-making. And Chris Paul is much more controlled, methodical, uh, but in its own way, it's still very enjoyable and enticing to watch because what he he's so good at what he does, getting guys in the right spots, calling out sets, um, taking care of the ball, controlling possessions, utilizing the clock. And it's on both ends of the floor. Uh, and you just, you know, I just think, you know, four games into this young season, but you already see the benefit in the impact that Chris Paul's had on this team. And, and it just, you know, it just speaks volumes to the team ceiling and, and where this team can go. Um, GP2 was asked about uh, Chris Paul's presence and, and, and how that's impacted Steph Curry, right? Who's just been absolutely on fire in these last four games. And um, one thing that GP2 mentioned that I think is important to call out is Chris Paul's having Chris Paul a part of this team, whether he's in lineups with Steph Curry or not, that's cutting out half of what Steph Curry's workload is. Um, going to get the ball, running sets, getting the offense initiated, calling out plays, all those little things takes energy and effort um, to get things set up. And now you've got Chris Paul out there, right? There are times where Curry and Paul are playing together in addition to when Chris Paul plays uh, with the second unit. And so in those moments, you're taking workloads off of Steph Curry and you're keeping Steph Curry fresh. And there's the benefit of that. You see Curry's got fresh legs and he's just absolutely on fire knocking down shots as a human highlight reel so chris paul off the bench first time in his career against the rockets continued against the pelicans so far the results have been stunning uh warriors look amazing they look so deep the bench looks so good now you've got moody and kaminga as you know kind of these these 
up-and-coming young players when last year it was like everyone's too green and immature and can't understand the system and now it's like you throw Chris Paul and Dario Saric and and, and a healthy GP2 in there and the bench is extending leads we're not get we're not bleeding out leads anymore we're pushing leads when Curry sits which is also um something that we we really haven't ever seen since the kind of the ascension of Steph Curry is building leads when Curry's on the bench so that's really great to see um you know talked about this a little bit earlier Andrew Wiggins has basically been on the bench to close out the last four games um there is no secret that Andrew Wiggins has been struggling he knows it the team knows it the coach knows it um, and it's tough. It's hard. There, there's no real easy answer. But um, Andrew Wiggins continues to to say the right things, to show good body language. He's not out there pouting or upset. Um, when asked about it, you know, you can kind of you can kind of throw out the Pelicans game since that was a blowout. Basically, all the starters left. It was it was just letting the uh, the young guys and the two ways get out there for some for some end of the game reps. But um, the first three games, which have all been relatively close, uh, Wiggins has not been out there in the closing lineups in all three of those games. And so when asked about it, when asked when when Wiggins has been asked about it, his response has been, that's, you know, the coaches make a decision that's best. We won the game. As long as we keep winning, I'm fine. I gotta I gotta give them a reason not to take me out. Rebound more. I can do more. So um and, and, and the stats speak to this. Uh, it, against Phoenix, Wiggins had one rebound. Against the Rockets, Wiggins had zero. Um, so it, it's a struggle, and you can see that he doesn't look like himself. And that doesn't mean he's just not playing He you know, the whole game or the whole time he's out there. He's absolute garbage. Far from it. You see him trying to be aggressive. You can see that his uh, three-point shot isn't quite there yet. He did hit one against the Pelicans. Um, but that was his first one, um, this season, which is just absolutely insane. Um, you know, Andrew Wiggins was, was so good from three last season and that was really kind of his ascension. Well, I'm sorry, I take that back. He hit one three against Houston and he hit one three against the Pelicans. So, uh, 0 for three against Phoenix, 0 for three against SAC, uh, one for three against Houston and one for two against the Pelicans. Um, but when you look at the rebounds, one rebound against Phoenix, five against Sacramento, zero against Houston, and three against the Pelicans. His minutes totals are 27, uh, basically 27, 28, and then 20. Um, and then plus minus, minus 22 against Phoenix, plus two against Sac, minus four against Houston, plus 10 against the Pelicans. Um, so... You know, he, he's trying out there. He's typically guarding the opposing team's best player, whether that's De'Aaron Fox, C.J. McCollum, um, Fred Van Vliet. So he's out there working hard, and he's trying to make the right plays. And the games where he didn't rebound, I did see three or four times where he was in position to grab a defensive rebound, but Looney was right there and swooped it up. They both kind of looked at each other and, and kind of laughed as Wiggins like, I'm trying to get the rebound, and Looney's like, I'm getting the rebound. So... Um, it's not for lack of effort, but you can see that the confidence is waning a little bit. Um, you know, you got to wonder if Wiggins is still kind of reeling from 
um, from you know the issues he had last season that kept him sidelined for so many games. He also had that rib injury in the playoffs in the postseason. So, um, you know, the, I don't think that there's anything uh, significant wrong with him, but he's clearly out of it. He's not at 100%. He's not playing the best he can play, and everyone knows it. He knows it. The team knows it. The coach, the coaching staff knows it, and they're out there to encourage him. Um, they're looking to get him set into sets. They're looking to get him shots and, and try and help him, um, kind of fast track his confidence. And so we'll, well, this will be something we continue to track. And, and I think it's an incredible feat given Wiggins struggle and the importance he has on this team. And especially against a team like the New Orleans Pelicans, who was coming in undefeated, that you basically got, um, you know, zero first half points from Wiggins and no Clay Thompson, and you still pulled out a 28-point victory against an undefeated Pelicans team at uh, on the road on the second night of a back-to-back? I mean, that's saying something. So this Warriors team is just really firing on all cylinders, strength in numbers, and you can just see how this team has just taken on um, or really just more forgotten last season. This team looks nothing like the team we saw last season in the early going so much more similar and on point to the uh, 2022 Warriors that won the championship. Um, You know, strength in numbers on full display. The bench unit continues to flourish when Curry's off the floor. CP3 is just, you know, putting on a clinic night in and night out. Uh, Gary Payton II looks completely healthy and rejuvenated and flying all over the floor, knocking down threes, grabbing steals, highlight real plays. Um, and then Kavon Looney continuing to hold down the center position. Um, Kavon Looney uh, recorded 10 plus rebounds in his first three games of the season. This is a career high for him. Um, and then, you know, this is something I saw that's really interesting for Looney. Looney is now has now played in 196 consecutive games, approaching Clay Thompson's record of 214 which is the most games played in a row by a golden state warrior so before clay thompson got hurt you know clay had really just been this iron man right he had just had this reputation of he doesn't miss games he always plays he's always healthy he plays so hard um that's kavon looney now kavon looney is right there 18 games away from uh from tying clay thompson's record it's just absolutely insane to think about the journey of kavon looney a guy who five years ago couldn't get through you know half a season or a quarter of a season without getting hurt it was neuropathy or shoulder or disc whatever you know injury after injury after injury um and now you look in kavon looney's in year nine with the warriors he's approaching 200 consecutive games played it's just insane so underrated so undervalued looney is so important to everything that this team does um can't say enough good things about kavon looney he is something special uh it is really nice to see um so many little you know little stories like this for the warriors in the early going of the season and uh and there's going to be a lot more opportunities but um there's still certainly a lot of work to do you know we're four games in there's another 78 games on the season And the competition is going to get harder. Um, We've got the Sacramento Kings at home tomorrow 
Uh, De'Aaron Fox is out, so that's going to be interesting. You know, Warriors going to kind of deal with a situation where you know, the, you know, you just played the Kings and you had that eight point that eight point win in that thrilling duel between Fox and Curry. Um, how do the Warriors respond and bring the intensity and energy, knowing that Fox is out? Is that you know a trap for a letdown game, or do we continue to ride the good vibes? Um, you know, and and can we win our first our first home game? You know, you win three games on the road, and can you come back home and do the same? And then from there, you've got um, at Oklahoma, at Cleveland, at Detroit, and at Denver. Um, another very, uh, very tough stretch of games. Denver is undefeated, the you know reigning champs. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers obviously have a very good team, and then and then Oklahoma City Thunder. They've got very young, very talented, looking like a playoff bound team in the early going. So there's going to be some great tests over the next five games or so for the Warriors. And, um, you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch, but certainly when you're off to a three-game road winning streak, um, when you weren't even able to reach that last season, you certainly are making some uh, significant strides and improvements um, with your team. And a lot of credit to Mike Dunleavy Jr., a lot of credit to Steve Kerr and the Vets. Um I mean, this this is this is something special to see what the Warriors are doing in the early going, and and we're just gonna see if they continue to uh, continue to roll with it and um, and rack up some wins, right? I mean, the NBA is a gauntlet; it's a marathon, so uh, nothing's promised. You don't know who's gonna be available or or what's gonna happen, so you gotta win as many games as you can. When and when everything's rolling and you're firing on all cylinders, you gotta take advantage. You need to win the games that you're supposed to win. And uh, continue to uh, to stack up those W's in the win column, um, and uh, position yourselves for a good playoff seating because you never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, come late in the season, or you got more back to backs, and guys start to rest. Um, you want to start having some some room for uh, margins of error or, or things that are out of your control, and uh, avoid situations like last year where you know you're in the last 10 games of the season and every game's must win because you're in like a quadruple tiebreaker with everyone else in the western conference um and it certainly seems like you know this year in the west is going to be very similar to last year where you know you've got a few teams at the top and then you've got all these teams in the middle that are fighting for you know position playoff position you know 4 through 12 um or 4 through 10 so Anyways, that's all we got for today. Halloween edition. Happy Halloween, everybody. Enjoy your trick-or-treating. Kind of a light NBA slate today. Obviously, you know, didn't really touch on the James Harden trade to the Clippers, but, you know, that's not really for me in this show. Um, You know, quick take on that. I don't think, I don't really think it does much for the Clippers. I mean, obviously you get James Harden and, and it'll remain to be seen how he kind of fits in and and buys into the system but um you know you traded a lot of connectors supporting cast vets on the clippers and you get james harden but i don't know how it all works out Uh, but obviously not a clippers fan don't really follow clipper basketball that closely um certainly think that james harden helps whatever team he's on but i don't know i think it remains to be seen based on how uh tyron lu can uh, pull it all together and and get guys to buy in or not so uh, will be interesting to see how the Clippers do. And, and then you've got 
Kawhi Leonard, Paul, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden all slept to be uh, free agents next season. So um, if it doesn't work out for the Clippers and they've traded away all their future draft capital, uh, watch out. That's going to be uh, quite the uh, the rebuild. So it uh, will be interesting to see how the uh, Clippers perform over the season and um, you know if they, if they ended up making the right decision or not to uh, trade for James Harden. Lastly, guys, for all you fantasy basketball players out there, head over to sportsethos.com. We've got so much content, so many tools to help you win your leagues. We got a Discord channel that you can get a part of. Get the information that you need to make the drops, pickups, the hottest ads, the streamers, whatever it is, we've got it. And uh, you're missing out if you're not plugged in. So head over to sportsethos.com, check out what we got, and go win your leagues. And once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a Sports Ethos presentation. Give me a follow over at Twitter if you haven't already. That's at SDORLIC. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Let's go, Dub Nation. Taking on the Kings tomorrow at home. And we'll catch you on the next one.